When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) You could just look at her license. My special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. (laughs) (laughs) It's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. <laughs> We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and you know we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there, and then call us back later. But the key is, is that they don't know all their rights, or they're not told all the rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding, uh, so they can help themselves and their families as best they can. And the number is is eight hundred seven seven zero seven zero zero eight. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had Adam Hunter in studio. Talking boxing, UFC, other types of fighting. Next on The Best Of... to ask your permission to talk now. Oh, That's it's okay. ridiculous. That first, the kid's first words is, is going to be me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, exactly. like, or like, you know, change me too. Oh, man. Ridiculous. Uh, we were just talking 
during the break there, I was talking to Murray about this, that, and the other thing, and heroin came up, and every time I hear that word, uh, I, I was a regional promotion guy for Capitol Records back in the late 70s, early 80s, <laughs> and James Brown, who was on Polydor Records at the time, I love James Brown, absolutely love James Brown, but he put, <laughs> he put out an album, and I don't know who at Polydor wasn't paying attention, but he, uh, he wanted to make a statement about people getting off of drugs, so the godfather of soul, James Brown, puts out an album called King Heroin and how bad heroin is and blah, 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 right? So the album comes out. This is back in the vinyl days. The album comes out in there. On the album, the full release, it says King Harion. Oh, my God. <laughs> they misspelled yeah. the word heroin. That's awesome. Good for him. <laughs> I like that. H-E-R-I-O-N. King Harion. And only Persians bought it. (laughs) I remember King Harion. That's ridiculous. I love that stuff so much. I wonder where they got the name heroin from. I don't know, heroin. It's a strange word. It is. Well, you can find out. Because it used to be in a lot of things, wasn't it? I know cocaine was in things like Coca-Cola and all yep. that, but I don't know about heroin. Oh, yeah. Drugs in general weren't really illegal until, like, no. 1900-ish. Okay, California is somehow illegal. I mean, California Ladies and gentlemen. is everywhere. Fellow Americans. Lady Americans. Lady Americans. This is James Brown. James. I want to talk to you about one of our most deadly killers in the country today. I had a dream the other night, and I was sitting in my living room. Just dozed off to sleep, so I started dreaming. I dream I walked in a place, and I saw a real strange, weird object standing up talking to the people. And I found out it was heroin. That deadly drug that go in your vein. He said, I came to this country without a passport. Jesus. Ever since then, I've been hunted and sought. This is before he shot the cop, right? <laughs> before he shot the exactly. Yeah. King Harry on right yep. there. Yeah. It's still misspelled How on this. Is it really still misspelled on there? <laughs> I think That's its official phenomenal. name is probably King Harry on at this point. Oh, wow. God, it's still misspelled. That's phenomenal. It's better than Queen Harry on. That, yeah. was, that was a chick that never shaved. <laughs> <laughs> that is so wonderful that you could find King Harry on. I, I thought I was the only one in America left that knew about that. Wow. King Harry, I'm going to talk to you about the most deadly person in the world. <laughs> I, he was so dramatic. He was the best. He was phenomenal. Do you know that his wife used to have to massage his legs eight to nine hours a day because he got to the age where he, he still wanted to do the splits? Ugh. But he couldn't do the splits at like 65 years old unless she massaged his legs for wow. eight or nine. Why don't you just like have a tendons cut or something? Yeah, why don't you? Was, it, was he married to a Japanese girl? Or, or no, like this? all white women. He always married white women. Oh, wow. He loved white women, which is fine. His business. He wants to feel good. I feel so, good. So he, he was the best in Rocky Four. He was unbelievable. But he came out with uh, Apollo. <laughs> that was the best. And then Apollo died like five minutes later. You're like, oh, man. It's weird how many people remember Apollo Creed. Because oh, yeah. he was on screen. It's like Boba Fett. It's like, what did Boba Fett even do? <laughs> he showed up and then died, but everyone remembers no, him. No, Apollo was huge in Rocky 1 and oh, 2. Oh, yeah, I suppose in 1, yeah. And, and then 3, he trained them. To, he, took, yeah. he took them to the hood. I never <laughs> saw 3. Oh, th- as, as he took, he took them to the streets with Mr. T. Is that uh, the one with the robot? No, no, that was four. four. That was four. four. That, okay. was, that was Mr. No, T. Yeah. Mickey dies in three. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Mickey died because oh, uh, the Russian, because uh, 
Mr. T killed them basically, yeah. and they didn't even charge him with murder. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. Here's a guy. You ever met Mr. T? No. Great guy. <laughs> really? Oh, he's a really good guy. Was he on the label too, the record label? No, he, oh. he just. I, I've interviewed him before. He he got in a lot of trouble because he bought a house in this really upscale neighborhood. I think in Chicago. I think it was Chicago, Illinois. He bought this really upscale house in an upscale neighborhood and decided to cut every tree down in his yard, which apparently was against city rules. No way. He cut down like 200 trees without asking anybody if that was all right. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, well, he, he was could sell the lumber <laughs> and pay the fine with that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Exactly. He's so funny on Howard Stern because like, he had cancer, yeah. and he's like, cancer right. can't beat my T-cells. You know? And yeah. he, like, he, how, did he cut, how did he cut down 200 trees? Trees without anybody noticing. I, well, exactly. Come on now. He, he hired Adrian after he beat Rocky in the first one. Right. Punched them all down. <laughs> he punched them all down. He walked him and punch him. Oh, uh, and then he went on, he was on Stern. He was like, "I'm a man of God." This and that. And people were calling in like, "Don't you have seven kids with like five different?" It was it was pretty funny, man. Different God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. different God than you do. I love Mister T. Uh, yeah, he was, he was great. Too. He was great. When he would he'd get that in the ring and go, "I got a lot of mo. I got a lot of mo." I love that so much. It's a different world. How much time do you spend? Uh, explain to people, because everybody knows you from you know from doing comedy and all the rest of it. So, how, how, what's your involvement with the MMA? Uh, MMA. I've always been a fan. I wrestled in high school and college. Right. Like, I coached wrestling, and then I, I was working with John Heffron. He was writing the MMA awards show, and I was I was writing sketches for him. Right. And then a couple of the sketches kind of went viral, and then I ran into Dana White at a um, at a casino, and I started telling him, "Hey, I wrote this this about talking about fighting." And then the UFC hired me to, to roast fighters, uh, to I make videos yep. roasting fighters called MMA that. Roasted. Yep. And I started a Twitter account called MMA Roasted, which is now up to like 75,000 people. Uh, and then at, when that, that kind of blew up, and then Fox Sports hired me to um, do a podcast out of there and then to make pretend I was fighters texting each other during fights called Text from Last Fight. So, <laughs> right. so that was like a writing job I had. And then I was writing the MMA awards, and I still am. Um, and a couple of the, the videos I went went viral. I did this all right. about that cake video with Daniel right. Cormier going, I'm all about that cake and chicken. And like just these funny like videos for fighters. And then Bellator hired me to make videos for them. So I just... I just started getting a lot of fighters coming to my shows and roasting events, and I just—it's kind of a cool little side gig, you know. It is. Um, That's terrific. Uh, so, and I and I love actually, I love watching the sport too, and then I became friends with a lot of the fighters. Oh, those people are, and, and the fans of MMA, UFC are really loyal. Oh, the, the, my such loyal. God, yeah, yeah. are they loyal? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, you ask, well, I, people like Joe Rogan know that. My God, they're just very, very loyal. Um, well, I mean, it, it, uh, you know Brian Callen, don't you? Yeah. yeah. I've known Brian for years and years and years, and he's working with uh, with an MMA guy. And their podcast, I, I want to ask you about your podcast, but yeah, his their podcast is doing like 8 million downloads, a lot of downloads. Very loyal audience. Well, uh, tell me about your podcast. It's called MMA Roasted, and uh, I talk to fighters, interview fighters every week, and I have I got great co-hosts. i got this guy, Eve Edwards, and Hanada Laranja, kinda, and... Uh, a bunch of fighters come on every week, and it's just it's a ton of fun, and uh, it's great. Everyone from Frankie Edgar to Channel Sonnen to you know Daniel Cormier to the the, the champions in every weight class, they all come on, and uh, it's just it's, it's a blast. I do it once a week. It's called MMA Roasted. You get it on SoundCloud. You can get it on Stitcher. You can get it on uh, I mean not SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple, all right. those. Yeah. So where do you do it? 
I do it out of my apartment now, out of my oh, house, that's cool. my house. I, 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 I've had like five different locations. You know how podcasts go. Yep, yep. You go from here to there to there yep. to there. But we've had a, a few locations. Yeah, but it, it's, a, it's it's very you know I definitely have like the most loyal fan base ever, and like you know I, like I'm, I'm gonna saying, be in Vegas yeah. at UFC Fight Week. And uh, at the headline of the Stratosphere all that week, which is July 4th weekend, and they all come to the shows, and it's great. No, they do. Seriously, <coughs> UFC fighters, excuse me, fans of UFC and MMA fighters are really loyal people. They live that thing. I mean, they're not fighters themselves, but they live, kind of live for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. It's very cool. They're kind of like hockey fans. Why do, you, why do you think that boxing allowed that to happen, man? They, boxing has been, you don't even hear about it anymore. Uh, you, you, do, you, you do hear about it, but I think what happened with boxing was that when you had you had four different belts for each weight class, yep. and then you had yep. the best guys weren't fighting each other, yep. and then it became like you know the the, it, the good thing it's it's good and bad as far as MMA and the UFC it's kind of they don't have a monopoly, but most of the best fighters in the world are under one umbrella, and that's really mm-hmm. good because they'll fight each other. Right, you know if more leagues is good sometimes for the fighters because then you can get more money. However, sometimes with that, then all of a sudden guys get greedy, and everyone ha- and there's yeah. three. I mean, there's four different heavyweight champions right now, and, four, right. and then people have these belts. You're like, well, why? How, how do you get that belt? How, and then, then it becomes meaningless. So do that's you, the problem there. Do you think that Floyd Mayweather really hurt the sport too? Because he's never fought anybody in their prime in his life. I don't think he hurt the sport. Uh, I think his, you know, he definitely could have been. He's not not my kind of athlete. I mean, no. going to jail for beating up his baby exactly. mama and yeah. burning hundred dollar bills and throwing them at the camera and it's just not really. But when I met him, he was a really nice guy. But well, that's good. But yeah, that's not how I would have no. want. To, or I coach kids. I don't say that's not the guy you want to emulate. Right. I don't. Think, I don't think he hurt the sport. I just don't think he could have. I think there were a lot better ambassadors for the sport. Yeah. Than Mayweather. Okay. I think Sugar Ray Leonard was a better ambassador than. Sugar Ray Leonard was phenomenal. He really was. I mean, back in those days, yeah, boxing, well, when I grew up, first of all, boxing, and for people who probably don't know this, and I'd ask you about the same thing about MMA and UFC, boxing in America, it was the most recent group of immigrants coming to America would be all the boxers. For a while, you know, it was Irish people, it was Jews when they came, then it was Mexicans, I mean, uh, black people, whoever the, the, the newest immigrants were, were always the latest and greatest boxers. It was just a way to, I guess, break out of poverty, become famous, make a lot of money. Is, is MMA and UFC like that as well? Yes. Um, well, yeah. the UFC being like the brand, maybe in the sport, but yes, there's a place in Dagestan, Russia, where like this, these amazing fighters come out of there because they don't have nothing else. And then, right. and right. also the government helps them out. If you're a fighter, you're treated like royalty over there. Okay. So that's also a big part of yeah, it. Yeah, huge um, part of it. But yes, I mean Brazil uh, has always been a hot spot oh, yeah. for just, um, but, espe- but especially in Russia uh, and Brazil. But then you'll get guys that uh, I mean, you know, like a guy like Frankie Edgar, who's a great fighter. He's from Tom's River, New Jersey, not the not the worst place in the world. Or you know, you got guys like uh, you know John Jones grew up in upstate New York. Was it the most? I mean, it was you know not it's not the Hamptons, but it's not like right, it's not right. Dagestan, you know. So. I mean, I, I think there's, there's good athletes and everywhere, but yeah, when Conor McGregor was coming up, he was on food stamps um, right. when he kind of made his whole mark. Uh, and then if you, if you look, but then there are guys like Mighty Mouse Johnson coming from Seattle. That's not the worst spot. So, no. But yeah, there is some truth to it. And I think it's anything in life. It's, the harder it is, the obstacle, the, the 
greater it is. It's not like, yeah. like Sinbad said, you're funniest when you're riding the bus. You know, so. <laughs> well, that's, I see that. That's a good point. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you, do you still see comics in the same vein? Because that was another job back in the day. It was a great way for people of all, you know, races, ethnicities, nationalities to break through and make a living. Because if you were funny, you're funny. People didn't care. Is it still like that in a way? Uh, as far as comedy goes, I mean, there's, you know, I'm like an old school throwback comic of like, I try to get up as much as possible, try to do at least 10 shows a week, mm-hmm. hone the craft, work on new stuff, right. r- master the old stuff, work on the crowd work, and I, I really care about it. You know, the the problem sometimes with comedy becomes like, it's a business. So a, a lot of it is like, how many seats can you fill? Mm-hmm. So then you get the info, and now with social media, it's helped and it's hurt. It's helped because you can, uh, you know, back in the day, in the 80s or 90s, you had to go to the Montreal Comedy Festival and then be hopefully be seen by somebody. And then that person will put you on an audition to a network to put you on TV to be in front of people. And now you can sort of surpass all those people by doing it yourself on Instagram or YouTube or Vine. So that's that's good in a way because because you're not relying on other people. However, just because you're good on Instagram does not mean you're a good comic. Uh, but yeah. but people go, how many? A lot of times, bookers or club owners go, yo, he has how many? He has th- four point seven million followers on Instagram. Yeah, let's book him. And right. then and then and then they throw him onto the comedy club, and Whoops. they only have five minutes or ten minutes, <laughs> and then all their fans come. Yeah. But then a lot of the people that aren't their fans show up. They're like, what the hell is this? I have right. no idea who Whoa Betty is or whatever the hell is. <laughs> That, or, or you know, Bad Barbie or the Catch Me Outside girls on stage, and people are, people are like, "What is going on Catch right me now?" Outside. How about that? And so, so, so then it's like, like I'm never coming back here again. So yeah, right. the club owner did sell tickets. We have sold two drinks, but are those people going to come back? So they're, yep. they're doing it yep. for like the, like the quick hit, and it's sort of like how the UFC right now is putting in CM Punk. The, he, you know, right. He's got a fight coming up. Right. He doesn't deserve to be there. Nice. He's 0-1. He got beaten a minute. But they're like, well, maybe a lot of WWE fans will come back after they see a real fight. Right. It's like, come on. Like, nah, you're right. So. You're right. You have been a, a great guest. Always. I love interviewing you. You've got a lot to say, and you have a lot of knowledge in different areas. It's always great to see you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You can follow me at, at Adam Comedian on Instagram or uh, Twitter. Yeah. Adam is at Rick Brown's House Comedy yes. tonight. Two shows, Monday night, two shows. Sunday, you are back on Tuesday and Wednesday, the, was it the 8th? The 23rd. The 22nd, 23rd? Yeah. Yep. With Jeremy Piven. So uh, maybe I'll see you uh, when you come back through in a couple of weeks. That'd be Thank great. you. That'd be great. Thank you, sir. We'll be back, Tom Bernard Show. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Hunter on the best of. Coming up next, we had comedian Ryan Stout in studio, and he talks about how not to make $80 billion. Next on the best of.
out in studio. He's at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, two shows. As a matter of fact, 8 and 10.30 at Acme, one of the greatest uh, comedy clubs in the country. Louis Lee, of course. The Godfather Louis Lee. Yeah, the Godfather yeah. Louis Lee. Andy, I want you to know something that in the last 24 hours, I cannot tell you the number of people who said they're severely depressed and some of them actually <laughs> teared up when you told them the results of, what is it, Ronald Wagner? Oh, the uh, Apple guy? Yeah. Is it Ronald Wagner? Is that his name? Do you know this story, Ron? I don't know this story. What happened? Oh, God. Was I I on a plane? What happened? (laughs) You might tear up. Ronald Wayne. Ronald Wayne. There you go. Mm. Tell uh, tell Mr. Stout what Ronald Wayne did. I like how your voice went up. Go, go ahead and tell him. Yeah. Go ahead and tell him. I'm going to sit here and watch oh, a little seriously. bit. seriously. It's so depressing. It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, uh, in the 70s, he started working with Steve Jobs, and he founded Apple with him and Wozniak, uh, and he got a 10% stake in Apple, which he then sold two weeks later for $800. Uh, the equivalent of a ten percent stake in Apple today would be eighty billion dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the guy didn't know what he had, and he's no, still he alive, sure and he's living, in he's living in a trailer. Living in a trailer house. Oh, is that true? Yep. He's living in a trailer park. Huh. Somehow he's still alive. He huh. people have called me or come to me on the street and go, "I literally started tearing up when Andy told yeah, that story." <laughs> among the worst decisions any human has ever made. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe he's very happy in his trailer. That was so great how you yeah. were trying to think of something worse that happened and you couldn't. Huh. <laughs> yeah, 80 billion. That's like, you know. Oh, Could have been 100 billion. <laughs> <laughs> right, there you go. Could have been 100 billion. Dollars. Uh, $800. That's fascinating. Isn't that amazing that's that amazing. that happened? He said, though, and Andy did point this out, he said, with the facts, where they were at the time, it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And he's convinced of that. Uh, things being what they were then and what the facts were then, oh, but that even, was the right decision. Even if you don't think Apple's going to make it, it's $800. You can gamble on yeah, that. Who cares? If you lose $800, it's not that big of a deal. I have $800 in Bitcoin right now. Well, and by go. the way, it is volatile and it is up and down. <laughs> yeah. And I got to tell you something, guys. The roller coaster is fun for me. Hell it is go. a lot of fun. Like, you put your money in blue chip stocks, and you just watch them slowly gain a little bit over yeah, time. Yep. In the past month, I've been up thousands of dollars. I've been, up, I've been down thousands of dollars. <laughs> and, and I'm just grabbing my chest, like squeezing stuff, yeah. going, oh, oh, this is terrible. Uh, it's but it's true. fun. It's fun. That gives you something to do. Yeah, it's only 800 bucks. It's 800 Who cares? Bucks, whatever, whatever works. But, <laughs> yeah, honestly, Andy, I cannot tell you how many people have talked to me about that. They're just they're, they were crushed. Think of the guy who went from eight hundred bucks to eighty billion in one just quick stroke of the pen. Yeah, he signed, he signed an agreement to sell it. Did it say who he sold it to? He just relinquished the stock back to. Oh, back to Wozniak. And, yeah. Uh, hmm. I mean, technically, it wasn't a stock; it was a stake. It was a stake. Yes, because he he co-founded it. So huh. it was Wozniak. It was uh, what's his name again? Wayne Ronald Wayne. Yeah. Wozniak, Wayne, and and uh, and uh, Steve, Jobs. Steve Jobs. Yeah, hmm. I uh, there's a great Wozniak story. It's is um, Steve O. Steve O. from yeah, Jackass. from Jackass. On. Yeah, he was working on I don't know for some for some reason he was on a TV show or something with Steve Wozniak, and and Steve O. said I have to go on a trip, and my my laptop just died, 
And one of goes, well, you know, we can just run over to the Apple store and we'll get you a new one. It'll be great. It'll be fine. And so Steve-O, I think, assumed he was just going to give them a laptop. Yeah. Because they're, how much are they? Five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars something? Yeah, yeah, up to a thousand, twelve hundred, depending on what you get. Yeah. Twelve hundred. Yeah. So while they're there, Wozniak says, <laughs> says to the cashier, um, just charge them my price. I'm a, I'm a, a member or what the hell ever you call it. Sure. Uh, right? You know, and the cashier didn't know who he was. Had no idea who Steve Wozniak was. So he says, well, Mr. Wozniak, uh, if, you're, if you're one of our charter people, what's your number, your charter number? And he said, one. <laughs> his, his member number was one. So... So the greatest thing about it is Steve-O says, so I got the laptop for, you know, it was like $950. Yeah. He thought he was going to get it for free. Yeah. No, we don't do that. Your charter number gets you $50 off. (laughs) It gets you like 50 bucks off. That's about it. And Steve-O's trying to dig through his wallet for an old college ID (laughs) to be like, college students get $100 off, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. This is is still good. I would get more money off if I didn't use your number one. I love that. What's What's your member number? One. One. I was the first member. Okay, so you studied poetry in college. I did. Um, it was, uh, you know how life teaches you lessons? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I was a young man who was going to do stand-up comedy every single night in San Francisco. Right. And I thought, you know what, I need a nice easy major, something that uh, yeah. I can write a poem. They're not going to be able to tell me it's not poetic. Yeah, so, this so is going to be easy. you went from Texas to San Francisco to go to college? Uh, specifically to do stand-up, and I just ended up going and to college. ended up there. going to college. Anyway, um, okay. I, went to, I went to a school where you didn't have to be that smart because I was like, yeah, I'm not going to have a lot of time for this. <laughs> um, and I had teachers warn me. They were like, if you thought creative writing was just going to be some easy major, um, uh, you know, you're going to be real surprised. And I just young and cocky going, yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that is. Out. And uh, sure enough, you know, they're, they're saying, write a poem and turn it in. And I go, all right, I'll throw some words together. And I turn it in and then write another poem, turn it in. Okay, here you go. And then at the end of the semester, they're like, we've been talking about poetry all semester. So take one of your poems that you wrote and then write a 10-page paper about how you're going to improve it using the craft elements of poetry. And my jaw must have dropped. And I was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, but I managed to put it together. And uh, what I found was the writing of jokes and writing of poems, yeah. a lot of overlap. Because you're trying to use really? as few words as possible. Yeah, that's true. You're yeah. trying to use yeah. timing and rhythm. The yeah. only difference the only difference between a joke and a poem is every joke has the same intention, which is you want to make people laugh. That's correct. That's right. the only difference. Right. So I actually went to one of my professors and I was like, you know, I've been doing stand-up comedy. I want to turn in... I'm writing these jokes. I would like to turn them in for credit. And the professor went, but what if they aren't funny? <laughs> and it it struck me so strange well, because yeah. I was like, well, you would never say that somebody's poem isn't beautiful. You That's would never true. use that subjective. You're only giving check marks for the poems anyway. You're not actually grading the poems. poems and so stupid. you know what I did? I went, you're absolutely right. What if they're not funny? You're, I'm just going to turn in the poems. And you know what I did? I took all of my jokes and I just broke them up line by line. Love it. And every time I would pause, that would be a line break. And then I would just turn in my jokes. And you know what the professor said? Ryan, I have to tell you, you're one of our best writers. Really? You're really... See, every, there you go. You have a very distinct voice. All of your poems have like a twist at the end and it's always so funny. And I'm like, yeah, these are jokes you have. <laughs> 
But he didn't realize Oh, my that. God. No, no he idea. He just didn't realize and, that you were And that's kind of what we talked about earlier. I was like, people do not respect comedians because that's they don't true. really understand what the work is. Yeah, but all true. of a sudden, you just take your work and then you call it poems and people go, oh, this is brilliant it's art. brilliant stuff. Yeah. And I started, just to, just to test this theory a little bit more, I started doing poetry open mics in San Francisco where I would oh go up God. and I would tell my jokes. I love that. But I'd be pretending to read them off of cards. Right. And... Uh, Sure enough, people would come up to me afterward. Do you have a book? Do you have? A, we would love to buy your book. You're just so funny. And this one woman, I remember specifically, I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I really like this whole comedy thing. I'm thinking about getting up at the Punchline Comedy Club and just trying some of this stuff there." And you know, she did. She just sneered and went, "Yeah, you're better than that." There you go. <laughs> Meanwhile, you no, go. no, that's what I've been doing, lady. Yeah, that's what I've, I've been doing. It's just your perception of it. Now, you bad. grew up in Texas. Where in Texas did you grow up? El Paso, Texas, so right El Paso. on the border of Juarez. Yeah, right there, right there, the bridge. Did you ever see the show The Bridge? I it was did. a wonderful show. Yeah. I don't know why it only lasted two seasons. It was, uh, Ted Levine was in it. And... Probably just got expensive. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Great, great show. Because Houston has a wonderful comedy scene, don't they? Uh, the Houston, used... yeah. I mean, they used to. It was, Not anymore. Uh, well, there was a place called the, the, Laugh, the Laugh Stop. Yeah, the laugh Something stop like yeah, was, was like there Sam for a long Kinnison time, and, and it closed down. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah, okay. it closed down. Unfortunately, I got to work there before it closed down. Oh, did you? But uh, yeah, it shut down, and then the scene—you know—scenes shift that way. There was Bill a privately owned club in San Francisco that got bought by Live Nation, who owned the other club. Right. And so now, all of a sudden, you had a corporation that could kind of make choices to make the most money. Right. And so what ended up happening was instead of having two small clubs that were competing with each other, now you had two clubs that were owned by the same people. Right. And they were just like, great, we own it all now. And uh, that kind of got rocky for the local scene. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that, absolutely. So why did you pick San Francisco? Just because you liked the town? or I really wanted to... I, I think people think of comedians as very cocky. They think comedians are like, some I'm are, funny yeah. and I'm going to get on stage yeah, and you're going to laugh at whatever yeah. I say. Whereas a lot of comedians do come from a place of curiosity of mm-hmm. like, well, I think this is funny. I wonder if other people will laugh at it. Right. It's a very, it's a very, you know, just casual place. And you're on stage, you tell the joke, you look around the room, you see who's laughing, you see who's not. Right. And you go, oh, that's my answer. You just answered my question. There's no right or wrong here, guys. Right. Um, but I, I didn't have the cockiness to be like, well, I'm clearly a great comedian. And I should go straight to Los Angeles. Clearly, I'm 18 years oh, old, and okay, I know everything okay. there is to know about show business. I, I should go that. to New York and just dominate. Yep. Instead, I was like, I should go to a small community where I can kind of learn something and develop a little bit under the radar where nobody's going to find me. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move later if people want me to. You know, it was, it was kind of a... That makes sense. Yeah. It, it was a very conservative approach to a very liberal industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, that's, that's how I picked San Francisco. Plus, my older brother lived in the Bay Area. And, yeah, uh, well, that helps, yeah. Yeah, and just talking about, talking about talking uh, about people selling their eight hundred dollar share. <laughs> my my older brother moved uh, in 1992, and he works in software. And he bought a house outside of the Bay Area, you know, in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just found out he's in Indiana this week because he's going to sell his property and just get the hell out just of the Bay Area, make a ton of dough. Yeah, too. he's just going to you know get a plot of land. And, really? Yeah, he's done. But he's going to make a lot of money from that house, I would imagine. Sure. He's, he's, only, he's not even 50, but he's like, I'm retiring. We're done. We're done here. A lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people are retiring at 30 now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to like a lot of these Silicon Valley people. Yeah, those lucky enough to have gotten into Silicon Valley when the, go- the getting was good. The people who got out of Bitcoin in January. 
What was it? $19,000 per. Yeah. Then it went down a little bit. Uh, Could you actually get out at 19000 If I would have, I started kind of researching it back in September, and it was about 4000 per mm, Bitcoin, yeah, yeah. and I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get in then. I would have been able to get out at 19000 real quickly. Oh, God. Yeah. So somebody would have purchased. Yeah. And God. I don't know if you heard like War- what Warren Buffett had to say about that. Yeah. But I, he was he, like, yeah, this is not, you're not investing. You're speculating. You're speculating. You're speculating right. that some other chump will pay more <laughs> yeah. for your worthless thing. And, I, and now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, that's what my older brother did with his house. He was speculating that he would just be able to resell it later for a lot of money, and he was correct. And he was right. Yeah. And you know what? It worked out good. Do your so that your mathematical mind comes from your father, or your mother? Uh, my mom was an accountant. My dad was an engineer for General oh, so Motors. Both. Yeah. So both. Very it, very logical people. Everything that you do is mathematical. It seems that way, oh, right? Absolutely. And, absolutely. And it's weird that I'm in a word-based creative job. Very mathematical. And I mean, it all has to add up to something. And people right. have been coming up to me after the shows this week at Acme and just being like, it is amazing how well engineered the whole act is. There it because is. Because they're, they're blown away by the end of the act. They're like, oh, you've been setting this stuff up the whole time. <laughs> oh, there's like That's a good. theme and there's like, yeah. there's meaning to be taken from all this. You're not just some... Telling jokes randomly. Oh my God! Oh, there's, there's. A, it's like so a show. A <laughs> you go, yeah. So yeah, engineering and accountant. That that makes total sense to me because of the chess, yeah. because of the poems, because of the comedy. Yeah, it's just the way your brain works. That's a good thing. Yeah, strategize and strategize. you just use the tools you're given, and then you just. Some people don't though. No, they absolutely they don't. Just don't get it. The chess thing that I wanted to get into that I thought was yes. fascinating is I think everybody in America would agree that chess is a equal game mm-hmm. a man and a woman can sit down at the board yes. and you're yep. not going to be able yep. to guess who's going to win no there's no reason to put your money on either one right. uh black or white gay or straight anybody can sit down at the board and anybody can win right so it's an equal game right equal game but then when you look at who the top 100 chess players are in the world wow. people start going well it's 99 men and only one woman so it must be sexist and also it's like 50 percent eastern european for some reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah and you go look you know who's going to win the game the people who practice at it the most yeah that's all it yeah, is. That is it has nothing to do you can't just look at the outcome and then judge how the game is sexist or prejudiced or whatever, you have to actually look at the game. Because you can't change the game. You have to play the game. Right. Poor perspective. It's phenomenal having you in studio, man. Thank you, I sir. I appreciate your No, time. I'm so glad we did it. Ryan Stout, ladies and gentlemen, at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30. RyanStout.com for details. I like it. Yeah. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. If you go San Francisco
Francis DiLorenzo is with us. Uh, Francis, by the way, Tony is at the, the Channel 5 studios. He's not here. So. Hi, yeah, Franny. I, hey, how's it Franny, going? I like it. I know. That was freaking me out because I was looking at whose lips were moving and nobody was. <laughs> well, you and Dan are busy <laughs> drinking, so. Yeah. Friday. Hey, nice. What are you throwing down? I'm a cheap date. Guinness and Smirnoff. <laughs> oh, Smirnoff. Nice. Not together. Uh, yeah, the cheap. I, no, yeah, they mix <laughs> them. The, the cheap vodka. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it's in a pretty bottle. Yeah. Is, is, is it good? And it's raspberry. You know it's it vodka does. It and flavoring. It's like a little soda. It looks like, you know, it's. It was next to all those dark beer bottles, and this one was saying, hey, I'm more girly. Try me. <laughs> Wine cooler. Probably really? seem very disappointed already. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I like the fact that you actually were were on like schedule, unlike I, this morning. I know. You were supposed to be at nine thirty this morning. You know. Do you want to know something? You're I felt worst. so bad. I I will take that abuse <laughs> because I was in bed fifteen minutes before I walked in that studio. I didn't not. I don't want to blame anybody, but I did not get notice that I was supposed to. I knew I was supposed to do this. I didn't know I was doing the morning one. Oh, so really? then the phone rang, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So I brushed my teeth. Mm-hmm. The good news is I didn't show up naked. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, not good news for Mordal. I think somebody that was there was in love, though. I can't remember who it was. Where Some, they kept talking about how attractive you were. Did you didn't hear that? Oh, I never take that seriously. Well, they right? Say. Do you? Sure. Seriously? <laughs> All the time. Absolutely. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Very seriously. Yeah. Andy just got up and left. I don't no, know they why. were saying that Dave, I, I recognized Dave when I first walked in. Oh, yeah. But I was like, do I know him? And then I put it together. He was on Last Comic Standing, and we had right. never met. And I did Last Comic Standing afterwards. So that's why we all of a sudden we were entrenched in this deep conversation because I thought what he did was the best of what ever had been on uh, Last yeah, Comic Standing. It was, good. it was the life of comics behind the scenes, you know, off stage, oh. just you know, being goofy. And then as the show evolved, it was just about us doing stand-up on stage again, which, of course, is our art. But, I mean, the, I think what people are intrigued by is, like, what do they like off stage behind the right, mic? And that's right. what he did. You know, him and, and uh, who was it? Um, Voss? Rich Voss. Yeah, Rich, Rich Voss, Voss in the bathtub. Who doesn't want to see that? Well, it's very true. <laughs> Plus the fact, I just couldn't wait to see Dad Fan do another impression of his mother. Right. Holy Christ. How many times do we have to see that? Oh, my God. I know. Are it's you nuts. going to alienate yet another potential guest? No, no, I'm just saying, I don't know why it is, and Francis, you can answer this maybe, why all Asian men comics have to do an impression of their mother. They all do it. I think they're funny. I don't know, but I thought you were going to go in a totally different direction when you said all Asian men. <laughs> oh, listen to you. I thought you were just going to go with some other generalization. Yes, yes, yes I was, absolutely. Some other racist could, comments. Could have piss off as many people as possible. Silly, uh, or something. Although, you know, I suppose they don't all. What about all female comedians? Uh, you know. Hey. Yeah. All yeah. female comedians are not funny to Adam Carolla. Why did he say hey, that? Hey, hello. And I did an Adam Carolla show once. Yeah, that kind of. Did he really actually he really say, say that? that? I, don't, I don't know. Did he? They say he said that, but I don't think he did. I don't actually. think it was Adam. Well, let me just tell you, I think a lot of people have said it. Really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. They continue to say that. And that's absurd. So I think women are hilarious. I personally do. Right. It's like me and like one or other. Yes, it's just you, <laughs> it's Francis. Just you. That's exactly right. It's just you. 
<laughs> I know there's another one out my there. My wife I and just, my no, daughter. I believe it. I truly, yeah, exactly. Joan Rivers sometimes right. is funny. Oh, she's, she's very funny. funny. Are you kidding? There's been other, like, Ellen is, no, no, I mean, like, Ellen is hilarious. Yeah. I love I Ellen. Mean, yeah, you don't like Ellen's Ellen, hilarious. but I think she's hilarious. I there's, used to like Ellen. I love Until Ellen. she claimed that coming out ruined her career. No, it didn't. Are you kidding? Not you her know what show. I always say? I always say, like, I, I, I was saying that I wish I was, I, I do jokes about being lesbian and I'm not sure. lesbian, but I said I Why wish I... Why are you I, looking at me when you say that? I know what you do. Because <laughs> you, like, you look mildly look, like a lesbian town. I, I look a little like, <laughs> a, like Ellen. We have the same hairstyle. <laughs> Almost close. Yeah. Got the blue eyes. Yeah, that's exactly. Which are bloodshot now because she gave me a new shampoo. She goes, Who yeah. did? Catherine. Okay. Gave you any shampoo? Yeah. Use a shampoo. He was complaining complaining that his hair is thinning. Which I don't Okay. So you gave him Miracle Grow? (laughs) I did. Yeah, that's it, Francis. This is Miracle Grow. It is. It's some sort of Chinese secret kind of shampoo that, that right? my hairstylist got together with some Chinese guy and made this shampoo and it's supposed now to work. Now we're back to Chinese again. All those Chinese It's really a, is a Chinese guy. Girl. They do. All, all Chinese guys. <laughs> but she said, here, put this in. You got it in your eye. Yeah, exactly. Put this in your so eye. Put this in your hair and then keep it in there for five minutes and That's then rinse it, it out. Yep. I'm like, Three and a half minutes in, I'm like, ah! <laughs> see how red my eyes are? Well, because of her hair. There's these things called washcloths. And you can probably what is that you do with mop you your whoosh, brow. You whoosh. Whoosh. I'm glad well, like, well the good news is your eyelashes like look really thick. <laughs> and yeah, very thick eyelashes. The eyebrows are, whoa. Yeah. I think out of control. Control. I think I'm so just kidding. They're thick. Thick and You're luxurious. Thick. You, thick eyebrows. You do have the shampoo on your eye. I got They're your thick eyebrows. Thank you for that. Good. Like Eugene Levy. The old man. Yes. Somebody once, when I was Roger. 14 years old, I got my eyebrows waxed for the first time, and the woman said, you have old man eyebrows. Oh, when you were 14. 14 year old girl. I was like, I'm never leaving the house again. I kind of like that. Brandon You're the Cotton worst person is, ever. So you put down totally your cigar. Instead of what? <laughs> Brandon Cotton on the Brandon Cotton said, I'm totally a lesbian. Totally a lesbian. Tom, lesbian, See, LOL. No wonder I love you so much because you're a woman and I'm a lesbian. It works for it me. Always. Actually, there are probably lesbians that have my voice. Yes. It's very, very similar. What was you that know? show we were watching? Oh, Total Darkness Blackout. Total Blackout. The Total funniest. Wow. There were a couple ever. lesbians on there that they would were... take down an elk. They could. They were huge. They were so ridiculous. They won. They won the thing, and one of them was like, "No matter what you challenge us to do, we will complete it every time." Which was yelling, and I'm like, "You okay? We get it. You have a microphone. That you're yeah, gay, and they were so excited that we wanted them to lose because they were a little too annoying. But they they won. They did win. Now, Francis, I'm going to really piss my daughter off now. Okay. Oh, God. She hates this. Uh-oh. What? Um, Is someone going to call you and then you're going to give the phone to me? Because I hate Tuesday. that. Was it on Tuesday uh, that Teresa Giudice was yeah. on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Teresa, Teresa Giudice, she's on uh, The Housewives from New Jersey. Or whatever. Real oh, Housewives. Was she here? New Jersey. No. She yeah, yeah, she was, in town, but she was just on the phone. But she liked the fact that I like that where I, this is going. That I could pronounce her name. She liked that. Because okay. most people call her Judice. Ugh. Uh, I don't know. Judice. Okay. G I U D I C E. And the true pronunciation is, is Judice. Judice. Did you, you, oh, you're 100% please. Italian. How would you not know that? I'm very good with Di Lorenzo. <laughs> <laughs> I've been practicing that oh. one my whole life. Wait a minute. You brought up another family name today. Was it your grandmother? Lograsso. 
Lagrasso. Is that yes. your mother? That is my mother's maiden name. Lagrasso. That's quite an Italian name, right? Do you know what that means? No. You don't know what Lagrasso means? Oh, gosh. What are you going to Where the reveal? hell have you been your whole what life, What are you going to reveal? Lagrasso. That doesn't sound good the way you're looking at me. What does well, it we, mean? Do you we actually own part of a restaurant <laughs> called Bar Lagrasso. Okay. Okay. It means the fat. Is that right? It's a good fat, though. It's not bad. It's fat. a good fat. Like an avocado. It's like, it's, like fat. Uh, it's like the fat of the land, the good land. Like actually, the, the gro- yeah, Lagrasso La would mean the the good. Actually. No, he starts talking about Italian, and then all of a sudden he's his hands everywhere. So you notice when Francis sat down, I didn't say, and our special guest. Francis DiLorenzo. I know. I'm very Thank surprised. Although that you I didn't. did pronounce your name correctly too, because your name is not DiLorenzo. It's DiLorenzo. Yeah. Well, it's it's an unusual spelling. That's what you're getting at. Yeah. Because I've got I's instead of E's, which you know I I usually don't make a big deal about it, but uh, whatever. But Google has it wrong. Do you know that there there's so many spellings of my name yeah, online it's, that it's annoying, right? Yeah. It's kind of hard to find you without knowing the exact spelling. Well, that shouldn't be that hard. That's Was good that news hard, for really? her. I know, really. Well, if you think it's Francis. That that just made me sad. (laughs) Drink some more. I thought you were doing, I thought I was doing good online. Now you're like, you really? No, you are. I can't find you. At funny France. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why I always, a lot of stuff I put on funny Francis, but then apparently there's a cat named funny Francis. uh, I'm competing with a cat. Yeah. See, when you Google Francis de Lorenzo, it's a bishop. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's a yeah, that's that. right. The 10th, yeah, I believe. So it's but you're spelling important. with an E, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spelling, DiLorenzo. Mm-hmm. And that, but, you know, so now I try to, like, soak up all versions of my name so that people can find me. Like, with my website, I put yeah. in all the different yeah. spellings. Yeah. Oh. It's a good idea. Well, the hard part is, first of all, they'll misspell Francis because yeah. everybody goes oh, I-S. 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 Exactly. Did I just hear something? Or is that- yeah, it was that probably was, Tony. It was like a Tesla coil. Oh. Way to go, Tony. Right. What do I do? You guys know what you're doing. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> See, we even have your name spelled properly up there. Where is it? Right well, look at that. Except for it should be a capital then- L. Sorry. Yep. No, it's not a capital L. It isn't? See, oh, my God. It's such a... <gasps> it's not. It's not a capital L. A lot L. of people will capitalize it because a lot of names are spelled that way. It's just... In a, but see, you did, You got Francis with an E, which is perfect. Now, a lot of people don't know this. Francis with an I is man. Yeah. Masculine. Mm-hmm. E is feminine. Not and Sinatra. Then, oh, my God. I just noticed a dog in Bella, what do you think? Do you think it's a picture of a purse? It's a walking. <laughs> What is happening? I was like, how did your purse? <laughs> Actually, we, we got our first two thank is you letters. Is that coach? It's a coach. No, it's bird. pound. Very, very, yes, it's the shelter. It's much. It's a new design by much. Bella, Alex. Hi, sweetie. There you go. You there gave she it, is. You got an idea. You could start a new purse line called Mutt. <laughs> yeah. I like it, actually. Oh, that is kind of cool. You could just have all kinds of like leftover Uh-oh. scraps you put together, like yeah. part cow, part, you know, snake. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> Whatever Nothing you goes to waste. It'd be, it'd be very cool. It's all true. Would it be cool or yes, disgusting? It, w- it would be cool. I don't know about the Casey. Part dog. That would be great. Bill's having so much fun. Ew. Now, where are you from originally? Grand Rapids, Michigan. All right. Westerner, represent. Exactly. But then uh, I grew up in Orange (laughs) County, California. So we were going back. I thought we were going to have a nice little conversation about the Real Housewives of everywhere. Well, we can. Orange County. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's right. There are Orange County ones, aren't there? I tried to get on that show. You did Apparently, not. I, oh my gosh! Since you didn't, season two, you really? are you? Kidding you haven't me? had enough plastic surgery. I know. 
enough. Is your problem? Just a bit. You haven't had enough plastic surgery. That's not what I mean. To get on the show, you haven't done. No. That's kind of like saying to someone, "Well, you're not that fat." No. Women on that show. You haven't had enough plastic surgery. I'm not talking. I hear you. I, I knew exactly where you're going, but it's yeah. our job to give you a hard Thank time. You. Why does it pay well? Why would you want to be on there? Uh, no, it doesn't pay well, but um, really? No, I hear you. It was Andy. Who's that? Uh, He's behind the screen. Andy. There's a lot Stop of people. Stop doing that to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there acid in this whole thing here? I'm never well, taking it. We do acid have Tony, for... who's not in the room. I know. I yeah. Yeah. She was already startled by that. Because I heard, was. I know, and I turn around, and you guys are just stoic. Mm. And I'm like, wow, how'd you get that out so fast without any lip movement? Um, so, anyways, what was I going to say? Oh, does it pay well? Yeah, no, yeah. no, it's not about paying well. But in all honesty, the idea of being on episo- uh, an episodic. Mm-hmm. series is phenomenal in terms of uh developing your following and you know what i mean and what my dream would have been was to be on there and be the sarcastic voice of the audience i could be the sarcastic down-to-earth one mm-hmm. and as you know with the comics mind just um and to be honest i filmed with them a lot a lot and they always cut me out cut 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 cut, cut, cut. and i'll oh. be like oh my god there's my elbow oh, real you know, yeah why and, uh, do they do that? They want the crazy drama. They don't really want. Yeah, I think they yeah. want. They want. <clears throat> but isn't it big most boobs, scripted? Big <clears throat> it's anyway? not scripted, but it's forced. Yeah, yeah. when you oh, say yeah, scripted, yeah, it's yeah. not written down. But they'll be like, you know, and you know, all reality. I would say the majority of reality is all like that too. So yeah. it's all given. And these right. women know that if they don't, you know, if they don't keep up the high drama and bring in nasty storylines, mm-hmm. they'll be cut next season. Right. So you're almost forced to do it. Right. And mm-hmm. so then I think if you're smart, what you do is you use that as a platform to build whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And for me, that would be I'm a performer. I actually mm-hmm. that's the aggravating part is all these women are on there. And they don't have any prior skill or what well, – I shouldn't say that. I just probably pissed off a, a bunch of housewives. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean exactly. Oh, God. Well, it was well, like you know Teresa I mean. has, what, four cookbooks out cookbooks. now. Yeah, She's cookbooks. got yeah, a hair well, care line. She's smart. She you was on The that. Apprentice. Exactly. So, yeah, they're all capitalizing Listen. on it hugely. And why not? I mean, you'd be foolish not to. Everybody's like, oh, look what they're doing. Well, you should. Because eventually, sooner or later, that show's not going to be there and life must go on. So why not build it? You have this excellent opportunity to use it as a way to build a business or brand yourself. And it's it's foolish not to. So I'm sure they all have hidden skills that we have yet to see. So there, I tried to redeem myself. Yeah, it didn't really work. But (laughs) I would say, I'll tell you this, though. It's as bad as my plastic surgery. In 10 minutes from now. (laughs) Yeah. If you play your card right, cards right, and get, just get a little more plastic surgery. I know. <laughs> when Steve Byrne calls, maybe you should be on Sullivan and Son. That's a I good really TV should. show. I should be on something because <laughs> you should I'm be serious, on something. Yeah. What on earth will it take? Really? Nope. I mean, I got the boob job, but this is what it looks like <laughs> during an economic <laughs> recession. But that's my joke right there. She <laughs> honestly got. How stupid to do a visual joke. I tell you what she just did. I'm sitting between Francis on my left and Catherine on my right. So I'm sitting here looking at your eyes, and you go, I just got a boob job. And I go, 
<laughs> and then my wife's looking at me like, I was not. I put goes, him on display. Look away. <laughs> Staring. Thank you so much for that. I just friend. looked at your boobs. I think we're in the same category. Really? <laughs> Don't you think so? <laughs> Who is he looking at? <laughs> now Dan's looking at my wife's breasts. Thanks, really friends. Oh, God. So uncomfortable. No. Way to I'm go, friends. Put this blade <laughs> in the <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So, Hi, Andy, Beverly what do you think? So, what else shall we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Other than everyone's food. We should. How, do we, how do we transition out of that? <laughs> we Well, we could talk about the fact that your husband's a mutt. You already talked about yeah, that. Yeah, my husband's a mutt. You walked away from your Italian heritage and married a German-Dutch guy. German-Dutch-Mexican-Spanish. Really? Talk about... I mean, he committed to the mutt. Absolutely. He has a mix of everything. That's vast. <laughs> yeah. He is a little bit, yeah, and you, he's a type of guy, he's very handsome, dare I say. He is a good-looking guy, but he's one of those people that you look at and you're like, what is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I swear, I tell him that I believe somebody in his family must have slept with a Japanese person because he's got a little Japanese <laughs> person, and that's Somewhere. not on that list. It's part, not on the list of mutthood. People who are part Mexican sometimes look like that. They really do. I don't know what that is. Isn't that trippy? Um, but his, uh, yeah, his uncles, are, I mean, they almost look Asian, but they claim they're not. I think so his son was all over the place. Who yeah. knows? That's true. So. Where'd you meet the fella? Oh, there's that voice. <laughs> God, I thought you were watching when I met him. I can tell you this, actually. Um, actually, her husband was like 20 and she was 11. What? <laughs> well, you were only 16. No, I dated you? him for 16, but I'm like that. I was like a nice, innocent girl. We like went out to lunch. We held hands. He was 30. He was not. He's four years older than I am. <laughs> he was and, not. That's even that's I, less why? an age difference than you and mom. Yeah, that's yeah. half the mom age was difference. Not 16. Oh, yeah, let's bring it back I'm to your family. Five years yeah. Take the pressure your... off of me for a minute. We're four years apart. That's a perfect, yes. perfect. Because I grew up Roman Catholic. Right? Me too. Well, you're Italian. That's of course, again. you have you're to. You're Irish Catholic. Catholic for you. But when I met, <laughs> yes, when I met Catherine, I was 29 and she was 21. Oh, perfect. Now, our daughter, when she was 21, there is no goddamn way I would let her date a 29 year old guy. Isn't it crazy? No. It's I hypocritical. Know. She hadn't been out of the house for four years and yeah. stuff. I was That's way more true. independent than she was at 21. I Thank you, Mom. Why am I here today? Why do I show up? It's what are you a, talking about? I'm saying it's a bad thing. Better than you were. I didn't say better. <laughs> Did I say better? Was I was smarter yes. and much more attractive. Well, that's all true. <laughs> than you were at 21. So that's why it worked out. It all worked out in the end. But yeah, so that I means that's kind of hypocritical. But you know what? I think uh, I think that happens to a lot of parents. I mean, you look back and you're like, oh my God, what was, you know what I mean? And I, you know, and like when I say dating again, I was a very nice girl, grew up in a very strict traditional household so mm-hmm. when i say i dated him at 16 it was more like you know i went out and we had lunch and you know all this kind of stuff but it wasn't like you know a heavy relationship but the boy liked me is the point he disliked me in my orange <laughs> polyester smock 
Who wouldn't? I'm very close to Home Depot. Do you guys? I don't know if you guys know Jemco out here. Did you ever hear of Jemco? I think it was yes, more. What? I've heard of Jemco. That's I where I met him. It was it's the. Good. It was pre-Target. It was the original. Yeah. You should never tell someone that you met a Mexican guy while wearing a Home Depot smock. <laughs> That's not a good idea. He helped carry this stuff. I'm like, she can oh. build the casita. He was in the back of a pickup truck going to work, <laughs> and he whistled at me. <laughs> Children are German, Dutch, Spanish, Mexican, and Italian. And a lot and of it. Perhaps Italian. a little Asian. And perhaps a little. <laughs> you never know. She has two boys. I haven't shared that with them yet. They're young boys. Yeah, they're great. And they are doing stand-up. Let's talk about that for what? a minute. What? Absolutely. At, at, yes, at 9 and 10, they have already performed on a Saturday night in Las Vegas. And they are funny as hell. Can I tell you that? Yes. Is so yeah. I'm doing a bragging. I'm doing. I'm being Kathy Lee Gifford here for a minute. But uh, I can't You're not help. drunk yet. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's late. What yeah, are they talking about? 4.30. Yeah. No, so, about anyway. a half a cup of this mirror off. So. <laughs> see, see, my husband loves me because that's, <laughs> that's all it takes. That's all it takes. That's nice to know. <laughs> Wait, we don't want to. We don't want to piss off Smirnoff either, do we? It's great stuff. Well, that's why I like, it's all it takes. I'm I'm almost down the neck of the bottle. Boy, well, that sounded weird. <laughs> that, that, that sounded really weird, actually. So let's get back to your children doing stand up, shall we? Yeah, my kids, they're so cute. So I wrote them a bit. So actually, when I was doing stand-up just for fun, I, you know, every once in a while I'd have my little boys with me and I'd bring them out for a minute and, hey, because i do all the bits about my kids. Mm-hmm. And the audience would be like, oh, they're so, that's so cute. And then I started asking them little questions. And then I kind of thought, I looked back and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm kind of killing the rhythm here, you know, because I was doing interview style. I'd ask them a question. I wrote a little funny joke and they'd say it. And I'm like, but it's kind of the rhythm is slow. So I was like, you know what, you guys, I'm going to just leave. And leave you guys on stage. And my younger one is like, no, I really like it better when you're yeah. up there and stuff. But I did. I gave them two mics. And then all of a sudden, the chemistry between them was just amazing. Very innocent, age-appropriate, very Smothers Brother-ish. Mm. And so uh, one just, stupid and one smart. <laughs> That's really nice. That's nice of you, Francis. I won't say which is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really in my great. journal. You can read about it. You know, I got to tell you, the youngest is kind of Tommy Smothers like, <laughs> and I do like one better than the other. Well, but, um, just kidding. I understand? Totally kidding. What are their names? Um, Jesse and Riley. Jesse and Riley. Jesse's nine. Jesse's the older one. He's ten. Oh, he's ten. Okay. And Riley's the younger one, and he's nine. And the funny thing is, my younger one is now taller than my older one. Oh. So there's the part so of the funny with where the they gene pool. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, okay. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's it's all over point. the place. That's a very good point. Well, my husband's a tall guy, too. I think they'll both be tall, but clearly one's going to have to be taller than the other. Not, not clearly. Well, I, I mean, what are the odds that you're going to be exactly the same height? As your siblings. True. Are you guys the same height? No. Well, no. we're a boy and a girl, though. Dan has a twin t- brother. Really? Yep. They're not the same height. No. No. He's got about two, three Identical twins. Identical twin? no. twins? No. Fraternal. Oh, okay. Yep. See? So, I, I mean, you know, I look at my... I'm tall. My sister's short. I've, there's two tall siblings and two shorter siblings. So, and it's like boy, girl, boy, girl, too. And it doesn't matter. One... A boy and a girl ended up on the taller side, and a boy and a girl ended mm. up on the shorter side. So, I mean, I'm just saying, what are the odds are going to be exactly the same? Yeah, like, Dad, you're... 
a, you're a giant an Amazon your compared yeah, to all your siblings. I'm like Is at least right? five inches taller than my brother. Really? Yeah. Well, your brothers are also all the, about the same height. Yeah, they are. You're the, like the, the, the t- you're yeah. the tall one, and they're all the same. Right. right exactly. Turned out so tall. Wow. I willed myself to be taller so I could protect myself. Isn't that interesting? That's what I tried to do, and it didn't work. A bunch of didn't work. That is. What? I willed myself to be taller. <laughs> I thought I'd throw it out there and see, see what happened. Crap test. The wife it's knocks it down, crap. of course. As Bunker would say, well, I'm mean, lucky to have you around to keep me from having fun. Yes. But, you, know. you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Thank you. You know, I, I did like that, by the way, when you came into the room at first. Francis walked in the room and sat down with the family, and she looked at Catherine and looked at me and said, so <laughs> you're too married today? Yeah, so I, I noticed that. I didn't really know. I no, was I trying to put together the dynamic. Well, you walk in a room and you're not quite exactly sure. No. Yeah. What's How happening? would you know? I don't know. No, you kind of gave it You guys are a lovely couple, though, and you're... Nice no, try. Don't try I'm to make not- up for it now. <laughs> I'm like, seriously... <laughs> We're okay, lovely, I know honey. We're like lovely. I'm up. What a fun little dynamic! I'm it thinking. Is, it's a ball doing this. Seriously, you should do a podcast with your kids. You'd love it. <gasps> I never thought about that. You That's should. brilliant. What's Especially your husband's name? Lee. So do Van Lee. Norman, by the way, Lee Van Norman. You want to know my real legal name? Francis De Lorenzo Van Norman. Try getting on an airplane with that name. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I suppose. Yeah, it, it's on my driver's license, and it's like hyphenated in the middle of Van Norman, so they think my middle name is. De Lorenzo Van Nor they call me Norman. It, nobody knows. It just <laughs> never. It. It, no, it just never stops. So Van Norman is Dutch. Uh, yeah, I think okay. so. Well, that would make sense. Is Dutch. that the right part of him? Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the right part of him. There's no question yeah. about that. That's the yeah. right part of him. Yeah, I suppose. That, yeah, Van Norman. I, you know, some people do hyphenate name. And don't do that. I, well, it's too late now. And I'm, we didn't you know, hyphenate it, did you? I did. Oh, did you? I'm then legally you, you Francis hyphenated De Lorenzo. I thought it was a brilliant solution at the t- because I'm like, well, I can keep De Lorenzo for performing, and then I can still use Van Norman legally because mm-hmm. I do want to take on his name. And then you know, try this. Like you go, you know, and it worked out perfect because whenever I did something personal, I was Van Norman. Whenever I did something professional, I was De Lorenzo. But now, like with my kids, I'll walk in like to doctor's office or something, and I'm like, I'm Francis D- uh, Van Norman, <laughs> and I know. <laughs> that they think I'm like totally into identity theft. Like, I don't know who I am this right, week. Right. I just well, stole someone's Italian. license. <clears throat> well, that's like when Sicilian, no less. Oh, that's no, right. You're Sicilian. I forgot. Oh, that's right. Just you- just go in there and say, I'm the only Francis that spells her name F-R-A-N-C-E-S. Right. The, the, I'm the no. only one. I'm the only That's one. That's me. And, and I'm not quite sure how to one. spell my last name. I'll have to look it up online. <laughs> well, we hyphenate our last name. Yeah, we're legally. hyphenated. No, yeah. you're actually not, not hyphenated. hyphenated. You're not hyphenated. Legally, you didn't have a hyphen. Really? You just ran it together. Oh, well, in the bank. No. What, what, what do you mean you ran it together? What? Her last He's... name is Brandt, and my last name is Barnard. So she you didn't, didn't like it. Brant Bernard. She didn't Brandt. like Bernard. But with no space in between? No. It's supposed to be one word? That's weird. But It's supposed to be. They did it wrong. So your last name is actually Bernard, because they did it wrong. Isn't that funny? Like I found my. Uh, what did I Mom's find like they did not do it wrong. <laughs> You're losing your mind. They did. Sometimes they would do that. Like I was going to say, I think I found my birth certificate, and after all, I'm never had her admitted this anywhere. But I swear to God, I don't know if I really spell my name correctly because I. Oh, that's, great. that's wonderful. I found my birth certificate, and I was just like. Is there an E in De Lorenzo after all? And I asked my dad, and my dad's like, eh, they typed it wrong. And he just, I'm like, seriously? So am I? So your legal name is on your birth certificate, right? 
I, also, you would I think, think that's so. Works. Yeah. We just found out that Francis's <laughs> father is Joe the Pesci. What? And <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. Don't oh worry. Gosh, like, oh, it's the guy. You know, I'm like, okay, so you did. You noticed this, and you didn't bother to tell them they mistyped my birth certificate. <laughs> We were tired. We were tired. Your mother was pushing all night long. (laughs) That works. That works. That'll do it for this episode as well as this building. Goodbye, 708 North 1st Street. It's been real on this episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Brought to you by Brad Shaw and Bryant. Great clips this week from Adam Hunter, Ryan Stout, and Francis DiLorenzo. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. Oh,